Oh, guess I already started. Classic. What's going on, everybody? This is the Galan Says Podcast, available to you wherever you get your podcast, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, too. On top of that, you can watch this show live every single day at about 3 o'clock Central Time. But we started a little bit later today. I had to do some actual errands, and those errands took me a really long time to do. Basically, one of the errands was filling out a bunch of paperwork that has to be filled out and has to have every single piece of paper in a packet scanned and included. Otherwise, they will reject it and tell me to do it again. It has to do with money. Clearly, they do not want me to take my money away from them and to put it into something else. And that took a really long time. It took me 30 minutes to scan all 30-something pages, whatever the hell it was. So that was a bit of a pain in the ass. So sorry about the late start on today's show. Pretty busy day that we had in the world of sports. We officially saw Carlos Correa joining the Minnesota Twins. And... It was hard seeing it actually happen. It's one thing to see the contract broken by Mark Berman on Twitter. It's another thing to see Carlos Correa smiling in a Twins uniform. The Astros released a statement. Here it is from Jim Crane, owner and chairman of the Houston Astros. On behalf of the entire Astros organization, I want to personally wish Carlos and his family the best as he joins the Twins organization. Carlos has been an integral part of this team, both on and off the field. His leadership, his character, and his commitment to this community are what make Carlos a very special person. He will forever be one of the great Astros players, a great representative of the Astros organization, and a great representative of the city of Houston. We are sincerely thankful for all he has given to the Astros family. While we are disappointed, disappointed, We'll get back to that. Carlos is no longer with the Astros. We wish him tremendous success with his new club and in this next chapter of his career. The Minnesota Twins in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area are fortunate to be getting such a quality person. Carlos Daniela and his family will be missed throughout Houston. We thank them for everything they have done to make the Astros and this community better. We look forward to celebrating them and welcoming Carlos back to Minute Maid Park in August when we face the Twins. Damn, we got to wait until August for that. Interesting comments, huh? And GL Ranger, 1245, don't worry. We will get to the Tyreek Hill trade because he is now a member of the Miami Dolphins. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, Stone Jam 206, the Houston sports star landscape has changed over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah, Jesus. I mean, let's just go through all the guys who have left. First off, Chris Paul. Second, no one really cared this much about that, but uh, that much about this. But Russell Westbrook. From the Rockets, James Harden from the Rockets. For the Astros, Garrett Cole, George Springer, now Carlos Correa. And for the Houston Texans, DeAndre Hopkins, J.J. Watt, Deshaun Watson. It's weird. I mean, I was gone two years and a couple of months. I come back and just about everyone that I covered is gone. Just about everyone. It's depressing. You want to build a relationship and you want to see these guys for a long period of time. Sicarius 23, typical Houston sports team doing typical Houston sports team things, also known as dumb. 
Well, that's why we will get back to this part of the Astros statement and why the Astros look worse today. While we are disappointed Carlos is no longer with the Astros, we wish him tremendous success. How disappointed really are they? Now, if you've been paying attention to me on the Vanessa and Gallant radio program or you've listened to a previous episode of this podcast, you probably saw that John Granado, my co-worker at ESPN 97.5, my former TV show co-host, had reported that the Astros essentially ghosted Carlos Correa during the last week, that they just didn't respond to, I guess, any texts that Scott Boris, that Carlos Correa, sent the Astros' way. I figured this meant over a week. But we found out today at Carlos Correa's press conference with the Minnesota Twins this. We didn't hear from them. That's all I can say. He didn't hear from them when the lockout ended. And it makes me wonder if he had heard from the Astros at all during the lockout period. Look, I, I, I think that that was an easy to match contract that Minnesota gave Correa. I think that Correa would have 100% given Houston the opportunity to match and we'd be in the right exact spot that we're in right now going into next offseason, trying to figure out where Carlos Correa is going to go. If the Astros are actually going to sign him to a long-term deal, but They didn't even talk to him at all. And now Carlos Correa is confirming it. I mean, shit, a quarter of a year, you don't hear from him. I get it. Like there was a deal on the table that the Astros had given earlier. I think it was for five years and 160 million prior to the lockout. But Correa was thinking, I'm getting 203 million. I'm going at least $300 million. $300 million. Heisenberg25 asks, wow, did they really ghost him? I mean, based off of what Correa said at his press conference, the way he acted at his press conference, the few words he said at his press conference, yeah, I think it's 100% fair to make that assumption. So Correa leaving looks worse, and Jeremy Pena, good fucking luck. Let's shift. Big story of the day in sports, and it's going to lead to the question that I have asked in the comments section, and you can also uh, check it out on, on Twitter at Galant Says, uh, Sicarius23, lowballing, banking off loyalty. I know, and I mean, he's shown you enough loyalty. Did you not see him staring down that camera with Ken Rosenthal saying, hey, Cody Bellinger, you stupid fuck. Didn't say it like that. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about when the Astros were accused of cheating. That guy has shown you, I think, more loyalty than you'll probably ever see from an Astros player because a lot of these guys wanted to keep their head down. Correa stood up, got out of the trench, and ran right into all of the fire that people were throwing at him. And you know what? Like Whether you like him or not, you thought it was annoying or not, I mean, the guy's got tremendous balls to do something like that. And what, what, what did you show him? You don't, even, you don't even talk to him at the end? It's fucked up, but uh, you move on. The Astros are still a loaded lineup. They still got good pitching, but I do wonder what they will be like without Carlos Correa. Big news in the NFL today. This has been a crazy fucking offseason, huh? I mean, holy crap. We started off this offseason with multiple quarterback trades, 
Aaron Rodgers is not even a story at all. I mean, Russell Wilson, he goes from the Seahawks to the Broncos. Deshaun Watson, he goes to the Cleveland Browns. Devontae Adams goes to the Las Vegas Raiders. There's a bunch of other moves as well. But this is one of the biggest moves because it came out of left field. The Kansas City Chiefs trade six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Tyree Kill to the Miami Dolphins for five draft picks, a 2022 first-round pick, which is the 29th pick in the draft. Basically a second-round pick. A second-round pick as well, number 50. A fourth-round pick plus fourth-round picks and sixth-round picks in the 2023 draft. The Chiefs did not, I guess, want to give Tyreek Hill the contract that he got from Miami. A four-year, $120 million extension with $72.2 million guaranteed. It makes him the highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history. And it's completely understandable. GL Ranger 1245 says the offseason has been great. It really has been. I mean, this, you think the NBA offseason is good? The NFL, I mean, we as Americans just care more about the NFL. I know basketball fans will argue, but this offseason has blown away. Any offseason I can remember. And I think that this is just the start. I think, especially with the quarterbacks forcing teams' hands and forcing their way out of town, we're going to see more of that. And I think every offseason could be just as dramatic as we are seeing thus far. It's great for the league. It really is. This is a soap opera and a half. Um, First off, uh, let's let's talk about the Dolphins side of this b- before we get into the Chiefs because I'm going to go in detail here. The Dolphins now have two incredibly fast wide receivers. They did have the exact same thing last year, but Will Fuller didn't end up playing for them. But with Jalen Waddle and with um, Tyreek Hill now, I mean, there's no excuses for Tua Tungavailoa. None. And I'll be honest, when I look at Tua Tungavailoa, I don't know that it's going to end up working out here. I mean, I think it's interesting that Teddy Bridgewater, who signed a contract with the Dolphins, you would think he's going to be the backup quarterback. I found it interesting that he was a little coy when he was asked whether or not he's going to compete with Tua for the starting gig. Which sort of makes you wonder, okay, well, then why didn't the Dolphins go after Deshaun Watson? Why didn't the Dolphins try again with Russell Wilson? Why didn't the Dolphins be a little bit more aggressive with the quarterback side of things? Maybe they were never going to be able to get anybody, but they they certainly had, you know, some some draft capital. Obviously, they're not going to send it over to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs to get Tyreek Hill if they don't feel like pretty good about the other stuff that they have to offer. So that's the Dolphin side of it. Uh, one really quick note, the Jets were apparently also in on the conversation to go get Tyreek Hill, but the Jets, I, 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 they have two top 10 picks. You trade one of those top 10 picks for Tyreek Hill, and then you sign him to an extension. I, I If you're in on this, I mean, you could offer Kansas City a whole lot more. What was the holdup for you? I mean, Zach Wilson, there's at least more reason to believe that it was just his rookie season last year. He finished the season pretty well, all things considered, at least if you ask Jets fans. And he plays the kind of style of football that you would think would be just, in a way, like a poor man's Mahomes with Tyreek Hill. He's a guy that likes to extend plays and bomb the ball downfield. Saw that at BYU at the very least. Tyreek Hill would be perfect with him. But the Jets, I, I they got cold feet or something. I don't get it. GL Ranger 1245 makes the joke. The Dolphins didn't go after Watson because the Dolphins front office has high morals. But they did go after Watson, and then they denied it. And then there's a the whole thing with Brian Flores, where they're asking him to tank, allegedly. And also, uh, GL Ranger continues, ignoring the fact Tyreek beats his kids. Yeah, Jesus. And I mean, 
you know, Hill's a deplorable person off the field. I will say this about Hill, though. I mean, there are a few players I enjoy watching more than Tyreek Hill. I felt the same way about Antonio Brown back in the day, too. And Antonio Brown, noted piece of shit, but phenomenal route runner, really good player, tough. Hill is just the fastest person I've ever seen in my life on a football field. And I remember the first time I saw him on a football field, it was the 2015 home opener between the Texans and the Chiefs. And he had a punt return touchdown in that game that got called back. But I remember watching him run, and I was like, Jesus, this guy's the fastest fucker I've ever seen. And I remember going into the locker room, asking Charles James, the star of Texans Hard Knocks in 2015, about it. And he was like, yeah, that's, that guy's fast as shit. I've never seen anyone that fast. I found out his Twitter handle afterwards is, I'm faster than you. I mean, he's incredible. And he's the reason that the Kansas City Chiefs were able to beat the Buffalo Bills. Like, he won that game for them. He is a cheat code. And I feel like of all the non-quarterbacks in the NFL, there is no one quite on Tyreek Hill's level as far as cheat codes go. He is basically 120 speed playing in a 1-99 to speed league. If We're going to make a comparison to Madden. If you throw the ball to him in the flats, he is going to get five yards. It's an automatic. And if Patrick Mahomes extends the play, runs around, Tyree Kill is going to find a way to be open. There's a reason that there's a meme, which is essentially, fuck it, let's see where Tyree is, Tyreek is or something like that. And now you're getting rid of this form of Mahomes. This, to me, if I'm a defensive mind in the AFC West, in the AFC, I do not look at Kansas City the same way that I used to. And I wonder if Mahomes is going to be quite as dominant without Hill. You don't have an answer for Tyreek Hill. Watch how the Patriots, who have the best defensive mastermind in the NFL and Bill Belichick, play against him. There was always multiple people paying attention to Tyreek Hill. And they were like, all right, well, beat us with Travis Kelsey. And the funny thing is, Mahomes, which, who seems to have a similar bad habit to uh, Russell Wilson, he would always try to bomb it downfield. That, that was a big problem for them in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals. Like Things were working pretty well for Kansas City in the first half. Then Hill gets stopped at the one-yard line, and they go into the halftime without a score. But in the second half, it was something that you saw a lot of last year with Kansas City where Patrick Mahomes kept on trying to shoot the ball down the field. I guess without Tyreek Hill, there's less of a chance of doing that. But, I mean, you got Travis Kelsey, best tight end in the game, but Juju Smith-Schuster? Who else are you throwing to? I I think this takes Kansas City off the top. And, like, with the way that game between the Bills and the Chiefs went, the Bills add Von Miller this offseason. The Chiefs get rid of, I think, their second-best player. And one of the NFL's legitimate cheat codes. He is not real. A couple of comments here. Spoon DJ, who I know is a Chiefs fan, says, happy with it. Let him go. A wide receiver doesn't get five picks, so kudos to the Chiefs. Let him go hunt ducks in Miami. Quack, quack. Uh, oh, okay. I, I, I guess, Spoon, but, like, this is, this is going to hurt the Chiefs' ability to win a championship this year and going forward. And if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm fucking pissed. I already got a deal with my idiot little brother. I don't know how he feels about his wife. I think a lot of things are unfortunately said about his wife that are, that are unfair. You know, I, I don't think he has a problem with her, but she is kind of a fucking annoying. <laughs> Jackson Mahomes is really annoying. I, I've said this before. Send that fucker to, to Ukraine and make him do like TikToks to stop the war or something like that. I, I just, just get him the fuck out of here. But 
Um, I mean, if 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 you're Patrick Mahomes this offseason, you're thinking to yourself, well, at the very least, I'm not Aaron Rodgers. I don't have Devontae Adams getting shipped off. And, and then you see this. I'm I'm mad for Patrick Mahomes here. I mean, look, especially when you compare it to the Deshaun Watson contract. Mahomes is under a team discount, essentially. You know, he is taking less money in the long term. So the Chiefs can actually sign more players. And I it's not like he did this out of the nobility of his heart, but a 10-year contract, you know, so many years with the Mahomes contract, you would think, okay, this is a long-term commitment that Mahomes is making here, and he's going to want to win as much as he possibly can. So if Tyreek Hill wants more money, how money that he feels like he is due given the fact that, look, because of the shit that went on in Oklahoma State, he ends up getting drafted later because of his own idiot issues off the field, lack of self-control, whatever you want to call it, he loses out on more money. But this is a guy that has signed team-friendly deals and he has never, ever dropped off in terms of his ability to dominate a football field. This guy's the fastest player, again, I've ever seen. And I know people will bring up um, Deion Sanders, Daryl Green, uh, former Washington Redskins cornerback. You'll, you'll bring up all sorts of different names. This guy was so much faster than everybody else. I, I don't get it. I really don't. As a Patriots fan, I'm happy. The Chiefs come back to the pack. As a Bills fan, I'm ecstatic. I am busting my face through a fucking table right now. Uh, Stone Jam 206 says, this means the end for Andy Reid. Uh, well, look, Andy Reid's a good offensive mind. And Patrick Mahomes could theoretically raise the level of whatever other wide receivers out there. But I, I, I wonder about this one. I really do. Uh, GL Ranger 1245 says, this will hurt Kelsey Wright. Now you can double him and you don't have to worry about hell. Yeah, I, I hinted at that a little bit earlier. I, I, I'm... I'm really wondering how it's going to affect Travis Kelsey. And Hill's not going to be as great of a fantasy football play next year, that's for sure, for any of those people out there who care about fantasy football. So, this is a mistake by the Chiefs, and I think they're going to be regretting it come playoff time this coming season. Every single team in the AFC West, too. I mean, you're the Raiders, you're ecstatic. You're the Broncos, you're feeling really good. I feel better about the Broncos going into this year with a... Russell Wilson in a horny honeymoon phase than I do about the Chiefs right now. Uh, Spoon says, oh, for sure. You can't sign everyone. They offered a great deal, and he wanted more money over playing with Mahomes. Fair. But, I mean, you pay him whatever he wants. He's one of those players. Tell me. That's the question for today's show. Who's the biggest non-quarterback, non-Tyree kill cheat code in the NFL? Because when you got someone that is that much of a difference maker, you pay him whatever. Aaron Donald is the only one that can come to the top of my mind. Aaron Donald in the Los Angeles Rams, and I'm sure he's going to get a big deal this this offseason too because he threatened to retire. All right, so uh, there you go. That's that's those are my thoughts on the Tyree Kill situation. Um, a couple other things I wanted to touch on. Uh, there has been an awful lot, an awful lot of Colin Kaepernick tweets over the last couple of days. I get support of Colin Kaepernick. I get the idea thinking that the guy got blackballed. I've talked about Colin Kaepernick a lot over the course of my radio career. I remember back in 2017 when Deshaun Watson tore his ACL. I was advocating for the Texans to sign Deshaun Watson. Excuse me, not Deshaun Watson. uh, To sign Colin Kaepernick. I remember having a conversation with somebody who is close to the situation. And he said, look, 
we got the worst offensive line in the NFL. We need a mobile quarterback. We would definitely take Colin Kaepernick. But that was not something that uh, Bob McNair was going to sign off on. Whatever. It, again, what was the difference that it was going to make? I mean, instead of, you know, a uh, whatever the Texans finished that season, okay, you get like a couple more wins or something like that. But it would have made them a more com- competitive product. Um, Kaepernick has said some stupid shit in the past. Kaepernick said, um, I remember one time, like he was getting hyped up for the start of a season and he put up this hashtag of seven T-O-R-M-S coming. And it was like a picture of like Houston flooding. So I remember seeing that and I was like, this guy's a fucking moron. Then I remember hearing that he like took a knee during the national anthem. The patriotic side of me was like, what the fuck's that all about? But to his credit, the only time that he's ever made any sense was during an 18-minute press conference that he held after it. And he explained it. He talked to a um, former soldier. The former soldier had told him, like, this is a way that you can protest while still honoring the flag. And everyone had their own interpretation of what he did. Some people were pissed off about it. Others were like, good for him. You're protesting. I fell in that category. I, I don't really care. I mean, I how many times during the national anthem have I whispered to somebody to my left, Hey, did you hear them say gallantly? Huh? Huh? I've done that multiple times. I'm really annoying like that. Have I taken a piss during the national anthem? Have I walked during the national anthem? Yes, yes, yes. I've been to so many games. I don't know. I've maybe gotten a little bit desensitized to it. I didn't take that much of an issue with what he did. But if you do, I don't care. You're entitled to doing it. You know? I'm not here to yell at anyone for one idea or the other. The problem is afterwards, Kaepernick started acting like an idiot and he stopped being good at football. And he's been out of the NFL for now, what? Five Six years. So people have been throwing out Kaepernick tweets recently. And I get pissed off when somebody puts out a tweet and the tweet sucks and it blows up. But any tweet that involves Colin Kaepernick, which is generally an act of pandering, it generally blows up. So I saw this tweet yesterday and this is just so fucking stupid. I wish it was sarcasm or parody. It's not. Brady can walk back onto the field whenever he wants, but Colin Kaepernick can't even get a tryout. Yes, because Kaepernick's been out of the league for like six years and Tom Brady just played the best season of his career. It's that simple. But we make these false equivalencies on Twitter. I remember one time, there was this guy named Roland S. Martin who used to call into our Texans postgame show on 610 and had the dumbest fucking takes. And this guy like said once that um, they showed someone throwing a temper tantrum in the middle of a game. And he was like, well, if Tom Brady did this, blah, 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 blah. But when this player does this, he gets called a thug. And no one called him a thug. He was like thinking of, I guess, uh, Richard Sherman in the past being called a thug or something like that. And I was like, all right, if you want to race bait today, how about you go take a look at the coverage of Rob Gronkowski basically spearing Tredavious White in the back. And then he got mad and he started like flaunting his resume, not actually engaging me, which is generally what stupid people do. Whatever, I don't care. All I know is that When you put out a tweet like that, you're going to have a ton of people get excited about it. So, you know, see something from the Seahawks wire. After working out last week with Tyler Lockett, former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick says he's in Seattle today to throw with wide receiver Aaron Fuller. Here's the thing, though. Oh, and thank you, GL Ranger, for saying that he wore a Fidel Castro shirt the week he was playing Miami. And then he defended Cuba and the regime compared to the U.S. Yeah, you're bringing up like Cuba education or something like that and statistics. Cuba statistics, a wild guess, might be a little inaccurate given all the murders from Fidel Castro. But whatever. I get why people would make a case for Kaepernick being back in the league because when he did play, he was damn good. He was. He was awesome. Then he got figured out. 
Is that his fault? Is that Greg Roman's fault? Honestly, I can't say. Greg Roman was his offensive coordinator in San Francisco. But I get defending him. I don't get defending Geno Smith. And I was randomly getting in arguments with people online about Geno fucking Smith yesterday. Why? There was a headline on Pro Football Talk. Pete Carroll would like the Seahawks to resign Geno Smith. He said this to uh, my old station. And I'm like, okay, but first off, he's not that good. He was okay last year in relief of Russell Wilson, but he's not that good. And on top of that, January 22nd, he got a DUI and he was going, I think, 96 miles per hour somewhere, allegedly. He told an officer that he had little dick syndrome And then at the police station, after he got arrested and resisted and was difficult in the field sobriety test, I'll fuck every one of y'all up. You don't want to see me out of these cups. You don't want to know what will happen. This is going to ruin your career. All the things that you hear generally from an asshole. And I'm like, you really want to give this guy another opportunity? You know, with Kaepernick, I I, I, kind of get it. Like, as as Kaepernick ever, you know, had a DUI, there's no excuse in the NFL. They actually have a service. You don't have to pay for it. The league will drive you home, you know? And for whatever reason, I actually got a little blowback on Twitter. First off, from uh, the Nell Dog, who used to, I think, be a fan of mine. He, re- he responded to my tweet where he said, we're just going to forget about Captain Cointoss's pesky DUI from January 22nd. Paul, sit this one out, buddy. A DUI isn't a death sentence or a career ruiner. It's an awful mistake, and hopefully Gino learns from it. I'm sure he'll address it if signed. And I said, or maybe he's just an asshole. And then the Neldog got mad at me. Can good people make bad mistakes? You like to attack a lot of black players who make some mistakes. Okay. Very outspoken on it. You went full Tom Wassel. Oh, really, Kay? You'll fit well in Houston unsubscribing. So many disses. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of a track record out there to make the argument that he's an asshole. How about leading up to the NFL draft where Geno Smith... People felt bad for him in the green room in the second day of the draft where he finally got taken. When he was doing his visits coming out of West Virginia, he was like on his cell phone and not paying attention to coaches and trainers while he was on his interviews and at his meetings. So he was kind of a dick when he was there. I remember thinking he had bad body language with with West Virginia. That's not an indictment on his character, but I remember watching Syracuse play him once and he had a complete meltdown. And I thought to myself, oh, this guy's not going to be good in the NFL. Entirely based off of a Syracuse game. Yeah, perhaps a rash judgment to come to based off of one game. But there's also Geno Smith owing a guy $600. IK NM Cali, NM Pally, supposedly owed him $600. NM Pally got mad. Geno Smith, starting quarterback of an NFL team, got sucker punched in the face, broke his jaw. And it was like the best thing that happened to the Jets that year who went 10-6 and six with Ryan Fitzpatrick instead of Geno Smith under center. Unbelievable how things went for them that year. And unbelievable that a starting quarterback would get punched by anyone. I mean, you have to be a real asshole, I think, on that front. So I feel like, well, I don't know Geno Smith personally. I, I think it's a fair assessment to make based off of the DUI and that story and, you know, just him leading up to the draft that he's probably an asshole. But people were... People were really getting defensive of him. and I don't get it. I mean, Pete Carroll's offering him a second chance based off of what? He's not that talented. You get a DUI. 
Uh, Eric Cannon had responded to me, Paul, you yourself had admitted to anger issues. That is right. I, I, I do have anger issues, as you can probably tell, listening to this podcast for the most part, watching this podcast for the most part. Where is your empathy here? Uh, I mean, what empathy am I supposed to have for a guy who is going to get a second opportunity undeservedly? Fuck that. I mean, you get a head like like this today. Sure, you're not going to get blackballed from the NFL, but like, why, why did the Seahawks want to bring him back to compete against Drew Locke? And why are people defending him? Like, what is it that Geno Smith has done to merit that? Uh, some comments. Wasn't Geno the guy who decked one of his teammates? That's from Sicarius23. Or he got decked. Yeah, he got decked by Ike Annapalli. Uh Dark... Yabusa 06. Yo, Paul, glad to have you back in the H. Anthony from North of the Wall. Thank you, Anthony from North of the Wall. It is great to be back. Uh, Sicarius 23. That's right, man. Fuck Gino, though. That little dick comment is funny. <laughs> eh. I mean, though, what, what do you think is going to happen when you talk shit to a cop? Nothing any, nothing that is ever good. I guess it's, it's worth it for like five seconds, but when you get charged with something stupid afterwards, no, nah. nah. So, I, yeah, I just didn't get why people were defending Geno Smith yesterday. I sure as shit ain't. Anyway, uh, what else do we got before we hit the road? Oh, yeah, um, I'm pissed off about this. Hey, Paul, you're always pissed off. I know. Uh, I saw uh, my buddies in Seahawks media. These are two of the people that actually were friendly to me. There weren't many. I don't get why Seattle sports media is the way that it is. And I'm not saying anybody at 710 is this way. It's really, like, it's just everybody else. But these two people, local Seattle Seahawks reporters, um, Michael Sean Dugar and Corbin Smith. I like them. I like them a lot. Uh, Corbin ran a 5-5-40 because the Seahawks, I guess, had like a pro day kind of event. Michael Sean Dugar ran a 4-8-5-40. And I never got to run a 40. I actually challenged Michael Sean Dugar to a race. I don't think I would have gone to 4-8-5-40. I have done a 4-8-4-40, but it was back at like the Sports Radio 610 combine. And I think it was 2014, 2015. I am not that fast anymore. My knees are starting to go. But... I do think I would have been able to get sub five. I'm just pissed off I didn't get to go. And I'm also annoyed just by how much stock we put into the NFL Combine's 40-yard dash. Have you ever watched a 40-yard dash? Things that you should note when it comes to a 40-yard time. First off, you claim you ran a 4-6. I guarantee you, you didn't. I would dust you in a race. Second off, that's to anybody out there who's like, yeah, I ran a 4-5 back in the day. No, you didn't. Come on, be realistic. You probably ran... If you're really fast, you probably ran like a 4.8, 4.9. If you were running a 4.6, 4.4, something like that, you would have played in college, period. End of story. Even if you were like a little twig, like I was. Um, I don't even know what I ran in high school, to be honest. It was lighter. Maybe I would have been faster. Who knows? Whatever the case, that doesn't matter. The process that we have for the NFL Combine and the 40-yard dash is dumb. Have you ever watched the stance that these guys get into? They get into a sprinter's stance, and basically you can subtract about 0.2 seconds off of your time by leaning forward. And in this weird stance where you are essentially like putting all of your, your weight on a front foot and your back foot's right behind it, and you fall forward, you don't get in a football stance. You don't get in a three-point stance. You don't get in a wide receiver stance or in a safety stance or anything like that. No. You don't do any of those things. What you do instead is you do this weird sprinter stance that you'll never get in again in your career. And we put so much stock into the 40-yard time. I don't get it. I don't think we should. And I say this as somebody who wants them to do that because, you know, I want to I want to pretend like I'm fast and like I still would have actually been able to play at a high level. I miss playing sports. I haven't played any 
flag football in a while. Uh, the flag football team that I was on Seattle, shout out to the nuns with guns, uh, went undefeated, but I was only there for one game. We were out in a joke about this. I haven't talked with them in a hot minute, but about like whether or not I deserve a championship ring, say we were to make one. <laughs> Does Paul Gallant deserve a championship ring? Uh, probably not. I only played in one game. Uh, but, 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 pissed off Polly. Uh, did you get your apartment situation fixed? No, I've gone in there once a week. You're right. I need to email the management. Um, it's the Naruto run. Sicarius 23 says, is that bad that I don't know what Naruto is? Isn't that like some sort of anime where there's like a guy and he's blonde and he's, I don't know. It's the power of the cards. That's Yu-Gi-Oh. I know. We're all over the place. I very much appreciate y'all tuning into today's edition of the Galant Says Podcast, available live on Twitch generally at 3 o'clock live. I mean, you can ask me anything on the show in the comments section to the right. Very, very fun crew that we hung out with today. I appreciate it. <laughs> Stone Man, Stone Jam 206 says, can you smell what Paul is cooking? No, but you can sometimes smell what has been cooking in the intestines of other people in my apartment complex because, like, Poop just like kind of goes flowing out of this little pipe that's next to the laundry room. I don't have a laundry machine in this apartment complex. It was a terrible mistake taking it. But whatever, it's cheap, fine, it's whatever. Um, If you haven't already, please like, subscribe, rate, review, whether it's on YouTube, watching it after the fact, or on Twitch, just subscribing so you can watch this every single day, or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. I really appreciate, appreciate, uncut jobs, all the support. So long, farewell, have yourselves a wonderful Wednesday, and we will be back at it tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock Central Time, right here, twitch.tv slash says. Peace!